it's almost over. Look at talk starts now. Welcome one, welcome everybody to another edition of the Look at Talk podcast. I am your man B Jones. Thank you all for tuning in to this podcast. Whether you're listening to it today, or whether you listen to it on iHeartRadio, Anchor, Spotify, SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcast at, we appreciate you for listening. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already. And tonight is the exclusive series tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Joining me tonight, the host of the Shift Talking Podcast, Miss Anna Glassnow. Glasgow, how you doing, Anna? Hey, hey, I'm good. I'm good. How are you, V. Jones? I'm good. How's things going out there in Texas? They're, they're, they're all right. You know, I got neighbors out there trying to crawfish, boil, and I said, listen, y'all ain't about to get me hemmed up uh, congregating, so I'm hiding in my house. Oh, you're hiding in your house? That's how you quarantine it? <laughs> For right now, yes. Damn. I'm, not, I'm hiding from the Rona. Yes, that damn Rona is fucking everybody up. Hell yeah. Have, did they finally put Texas on like, like, lockdown? Well, our county is. I don't think the whole state is yet, but they just two nights ago said, yeah, I got to stay in the house and you can't go to your neighbor's house. And I've got a, a toddler, so she doesn't understand having to stay inside but man I'm, i know this must suck not having not not having daycare for your toddler well actually my daycare is an in-home daycare so she is open praise jesus she goes three days a week lord <laughs> <laughs> oh well that's good then well because yes. everybody has that luxury of having a um in-home daycare so you're good i'm we good good yes that's so but this rona has just been showing this ass but everything's shut down nothing to do this just this is crazy it's so crazy right i never thought we would experience this in our lifetimes and i mean it's just every day is something new upside your head so every day new upside your head then you got rich people (laughs) Rich people arguing with rich people to give broke people money. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I can't listen to it. I just, I can't because I'm not one of those rich people. So, uh, it just makes me angry. Yes, it does. It makes me, it makes me angry too because I'm like, we have busting our asses, and now y'all want to sit here and have whole meetings about whether or not we should get some money or not to help us out. I'm just like, this exactly. is crazy. And it's some money. It's not money, money. It's not life changing money. It's just some change. That's all it is, is because in the real world, people gonna people think twelve hundred is a lot, but twelve hundred ain't nothing but some change. It's not, and I know it is a lot to some people. They need groceries. They need to, you know, feed their families and clothe their families. I I definitely get that, but let's not act like they're, you know, that's not even a, a bill to to some of these people. So it really isn't, yeah. and it is crazy that um. And also, it shows you who the real people in America are who are really carrying the backbone people, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Your, your, your farmers, your truckers, your people that work at the grocery stores, people that work in the hospitals and stuff, who have to who succumb to it every day. So it shows mm-hmm. you who, who, really, who really run in America. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, not to get too biblical, but they say the, the, the last shall come first. And we're seeing the people that are considered lowly are the ones that are running things for everybody so i don't know it's just kind of profound yes seeing this play out it is too profound i'm glad you're surviving it you know what i'm saying because we surviving it here too we surviving all the memes and stuff how oh yeah how people talk about us in florida i'm like it ain't us it's our governor it's our people here that want to drag their feet 
when it comes to doing things because most of Florida's in-state income comes from tourists. So it's like, mm-hmm. but he did say that out-of-state people from out-of-state are getting getting checked out and stuff. Well, I know the economy is taking a toll and everyone's trying to wait to the last minute just to shut stuff down because, I mean, we do have to function. But uh, yeah, I hate that y'all down there in Florida taking taking the brunt of this. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, it's it's crazy, you know. But um, now enough about the coronavirus because we gonna survive oh, yeah. because it's like it, it'll blow over, and honestly, it will. It, it will blow over sooner or later. But now let's get into your podcast, the Shift Talk okay. Podcast. Tell me about that podcast. Well, I am a trained life coach. And so I deal with my clients about making mindset shifts and just shifts in their life. And I basically say, you know, people don't change. People are who they are. Hopefully we evolve as we experience life. But sometimes we get caught in certain habits and mindsets. And as a life coach, I kind of help my clients break that and we shift. They don't change because I mean, you already are, you know, a, a a whole person. I don't want you to be a different person, but just to shift and kind of live your best life and show up as the best version of yourself. And so working with my clients, I, I went on um, a friend's podcast and I just absolutely loved it. I said, I got to do this. I got to do this. And I commenced to drag my feet for at least six months. And I finally pulled the trigger here about a month ago, and I'm loving it. I'm loving talking all things shift. I've had hairdressers and my guy and his best friend, they've talked about brotherhood and fatherhood and my homegirls, we talk about sisterhood and just the shifts that have happened in our lives that I think other people can relate to and hopefully, you know, draw something from. So I'm loving this ride. Hey, that, that's what's up. I'm glad you love this ride. So why did it take so long to get the ride started if you know uh, this is what you want to do? Well, I knew I wanted to do it. I had uh, perfection paralysis. I wanted it to be this perfectly wrapped in a bow product at the end um, when I when I launched. And I just I just I just kept hearing the phrase done is better than perfect. Done is better than perfect. And I know my first episode is going to sound horrible compared to my hundredth episode, but uh, I, that's just, that was my mindset that needed to shift. Um, I was just stuck in the overwhelm because there was a lot that I feel like I had to learn before I pressed that submit key. And it was just, it was just fear. That's all. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, when I've learned from podcasting, you just got to get out there and do it because the longer mm-hmm. you procrastinate, the longer you put it off, the more you're going to tie yourself out and talk yourself out of it. So I do commend you for go ahead and pressing through. So, so hey, far, thank you. So, so far, what would you say is your favorite episode you've done so far? Uh, I think it it is the fatherhood episode. My boyfriend and his best friend came on talking about their experiences as being fathers and just hearing hearing the male perspective. Because women, we kind of feel like we are the ones doing this thing. We're growing a whole person where most of us are pushing this person out of us and are creating the food that feeds the person. And we just feel so much ownership over the process that I think a lot of women don't Number one, we don't hear from the man on his experience. 
And number two, we don't maybe validate it as much because that we because we did all the heavy lifting. So hearing these two guys um, sit back and talk about their experiences of finding out they were going to become fathers, the pregnancy, the birth, and now you know the way that they they parent and father and it was just, it was eye-opening to me and enlightening. And I think um, that episode has gotten the most listens and it has really shown me kind of how I need to parent with my boyfriend because now I know, I kind of had a, some insight on what he, what he's thinking. So I love that one. Oh, that's real. That's real. And, you know, and I got also got to say you're a real stand-up woman a real stand-up woman for even one to listen to a man's perspective because you get a lot of women, I don't want to bash them Mm. all, but you get a lot of them that just, they don't see it from the other standpoint. So you get a lot of that. Yeah, it's hard to. No, I appreciate you saying that because I mean, I kind of, I'm, I'm guilty of that too. It's like, man, I'm, I'm doing this. Like I nursed my daughter till she was almost two. Like I was in the trenches. And he could, you know, just kind of go do his thing. And I'm literally tethered to this child. And so you can easily just see your your perspective. And so that's why that was my favorite, because it was like, wow, I didn't even I didn't think that he was worried about my health. Um, I didn't think that, you know, he's thinking about how do I keep this little new little person alive? Like, I just didn't even know because you got you guys men typically, (laughs) especially black men typically aren't emotive y'all don't sit around and express your emotions and your feelings as much as we do as women so since i didn't hear it in my mind it didn't exist and i think a lot of women feel that way too yeah and honestly that the reason why us men don't really express feelings is because of how we were brought up and how we were conditioned we were always Mm. conditioned to not show feelings to not show our emotions and stuff but i do have to say i gotta say shout out to the ladies and also yourself for being that for being like hey making it okay for us men to open up because mm. that's real because men go through mental health issues as well we have our breakdowns and stuff but you don't see it because the man is always the one that has to be the head of the household and the, the strong one you know Hmm. no that's that is really real and both of them they spoke on that like they talked about you know our dads didn't do this and they've got a, a good network of friends that they come to each other with stuff and they tell each other they love each other and they're vulnerable in front of each other because they did not have that, you know, growing up. And I just I think it's a blessing, especially we have a daughter and for her to see her her dad be that way and for me to accept it. And if he is at his weakest point, I'm going to be strong for him and not look at him as less than because he's having, you know, he's having a struggle with something. But I do hate that. I do know that we have we talk about what we need to do for our daughters, but I feel like we need to. I mean, we need to do it for our sons. Yeah, that that's true. Because um, I, I definitely agree with that. Because young boys need to see that love too, so that way they can. So that mm. way we can. We gotta change the culture. You know what I'm saying? We got to change it. We gotta make this shift. Um, according to your podcast, you know what I'm saying? We definitely Yay. need to make this <laughs> shift because because. It's different. We need it. We need it. And both both black boys, they need to see that's okay. So that way, they're not learning this stuff when they get older. I agree. I agree. And that's why I do. I thought you know most of my clients are women, and I thought you know maybe my ideal client would be women, and that's all that I would have on the show. And I know there's some podcasts like that where they only have women on the show. And I said, you know, 
that that just didn't resonate with me. I've got three brothers. I mean, I've got my guy and his network of friends, and they all have voices and they all have experiences. And I, I just feel like it it just needs to be heard. So, like you said, people need other males need to know it's okay. Like it's it's all right because, like you said, there's mental health out there, and I think a lot of that can come from you bottling stuff in and not having an outlet for your emotions and knowing how to cope with them. That's real. That's real. Now tell me this, what would you tell somebody that ain't never heard of life coaching? What would you tell them that life coaching is all about? Okay. Well, life coaching, a lot of people think like, is it therapy? Am I going to, is it counseling? And when you're working with a life coach, you're working on the now and the then. Like I'm trying to get you from where you are now to where you want to be. And if you're thinking of like counseling or therapy, that's like what happened in your past and how you need to heal from that and how that's presenting itself in your life now. But life coaches, we we approach the person as a whole healthy individual. We don't deal with mental health. We deal with goal setting, um, strategizing. So like my clients, have come to me with, you know, I've got this book that I want to write and I've been, it's been on a shelf for five years and I just, I, I got to get it done. I've never written a book, but I can help you strategize on how you're going to get your book written. Um, I've got clients that are, you know, later on in life and still single and are just wondering, you know, why, why aren't I finding love? I'm definitely not a, a, a love therapist. But we can work on personal foundations, the mindset that you're in now, maybe some things that you're doing that have just haven't worked. And we're going to push forward and come up with new ways that you're going to approach life. And it's 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 working. It's like every every athlete at the prime of their game, they have a coach. They have somebody that can see what they're doing from the outside and show them and guide them through how to just level up. And most CEOs of major corporations are required to have life coaches just to have somebody else that is not a spouse or a partner or a friend that isn't going to just yes you and know you all the time. They're going to put your goals into action and make them real. And so that's what I, that's what I work with my, my clients on just moving through life and just walking in your truth and being the best version of yourself that you can be. That's real. So what made you decide that life being a life coach was your true calling? Oh boy. I was a high school teacher and assistant principal for 16 years. I was a principal for one and 15 years of teaching in high school. And one day in my assistant principal role, I had a student that was coming in and she was kind of dealing with some things. So I called the counselor in and the three of us were in there and my interactions with her, we kind of talked through her situation. I sent her on to class and the counselor looked at me. He's like, Oh no, you missed your calling. Like, I, I think you need to, I think you need to not do this principal thing. Like coaching or counseling is probably your thing. That very same day, a friend of mine was like, girl, I was talking to my life coach. I would much rather just pay you. Can you become a life coach? Because the way that you talk to me is basically everything she's telling me. And I was like, I just heard that today. And I kid you not, that night I go home and turn on like Bravo reality show. And the guy was like, so I sat down with my life coach. And I was like, okay, God, fine. Three three times upside the head, I guess I'm going to look into what this life coaching thing is. 
And I enrolled in a program that day. And literally when I come off coaching calls with my clients, like my feet don't touch the ground. And I just, I just feel like I just love it. And my friends have been telling me like, you've been doing this your whole life. Like, this is just what you've always done. Now we know that it actually has a title. So I feel like I'm really working in my gift and in my groove and I'm just, I'm loving it. Oh, that's real. Ladies and gentlemen, if y'all know by now, this is Look and Talk and go ahead and pull it up because this is the exclusive round and I got a life coach here, y'all. So how hey. has, <laughs> how how are you going to incorporate some of the life, less, the, your coaching lessons into your podcast? Well, I do uh, solo shows as well as guest shows. My solo shows are a lot shorter than my guest shows. Um, it, I guess I don't really want to hear myself talk that long, but I do. My first episode was all about what it, what life coaching is all about. I just did one on um, working from home and some tips and tricks on how to work from home and not want to kill your partner. Um I am incorporating some of the things that I work with my clients on. Um, I've got an episode coming up next week and it's all about how work-life balance is a myth. Like people expect you to be able to be 100% on at work and 100% on as a mother and 100% on as a sister, you know, whatever your roles are in life. And that's just not mathematically that can't happen. And so I just kind of talk about becoming centered in your life rather than trying to balance everything because it's just it's just not attainable but if you can center yourself in what you're doing you're not going to be overwhelmed you're going to know that everything has its time and its place and it's just gonna kind of help you feel more successful about what you're doing in life and so I take different things that I work with my clients on and I'm making shows about that so hopefully people can get some value from it. That's real. So what what have you learned about podcasting that you wish you would have known before you got started? Um, I I took a podcast uh, digital course from a very well known podcaster, of, and her approach to it was, mm, she she paid a lot of money for all the different components that went into it and so I thought that was the way that you were supposed to do it and my neighbor across the street he is simply ball dropping shout out um told me about anchor and I was like man I just did all of this learning how to do all this subscribing to all these different sites and he's like no for real you just need to check out anchor so I wish um I wish I would have known there was a free way to do it before I started going down the, the money train. Oh, I agree with you there. It, <clears throat> it didn't take me <laughs> until episode 71 of Look at Talk Whoa. to figure out there was a free way to do this. And this was somebody, and it was somebody <laughs> who I was a guest on their podcast, and it was this chick named um, Precious. She hosted Cake Dish podcast. She was the one that put me onto it. She was 27, mm. I think she was like 26 or 27 episodes in, and she put me onto it. So I feel you on that money train because truly I was paying SoundCloud a monthly to host my podcast. Ooh. I said, man, I, I so I totally yeah. agree with you there. So what, yeah. so what has your journey as a black creative been like? I never considered myself a creative, to be honest. I... I still have my teacher hat on. I just left the classroom almost a year ago and I'm a life coach now. And I do feel that once you said that, I was like, oh, wait, maybe I do create things. 
<laughs> so I don't even know. I don't even know if I really have a a journey on becoming a creative. I think I've kind of fallen into it. Yeah, well, uh, it sounds like you've done a pretty good job of falling into it. And I also do guys uh, <laughs> shout you out for being a teacher because having the patience to put up with them students, man. Ooh. How did you do it? Well, listen, my dad was a black ops army man. And so, and he's Panamanian and I've got that temper and I've got that structure. And so I really, people always flinch when I say I taught high school. I really didn't have much issue because you just come in and make them think you're crazy and they just fall in line. <laughs> Ooh. Now, I don't know if that work with some kids in Florida because I've seen some, seen, seen some crazy people. It, that might work in Texas, but I don't know if that work in Florida. <laughs> well, I have been blessed. I've worked in quite a few different districts in the, I mean, Texas is humongous, but um, I've, I, I don't know. I've, I've just, I just loved it. And it, it definitely is a calling. And once I stopped being called my last year, I just knew that it was time to, time to move it on and leave it to some younger folks. Cause I didn't have the the passion that I had 16 years ago. So I, I wish other teachers would do that once they started feeling the way I was feeling. I wish they would leave yeah, if they, the way I did and, and find their, their passion and their love because you're dealing with someone's child and that's just nothing to play with. That's real. And I know it's nothing to play with because I've seen parents that will, that will turn up on the teacher about their child instead of checking that child. Oh yeah, that's this that's this new um, <laughs> this new education system where the teacher is solely responsible and and the child isn't. And you know, I, growing up, it was always what did you do? Exactly. Well, then you shouldn't have done that. It wasn't. Yeah, it, 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 there was there was none of this taking the this, taking my side. Never. Man, I couldn't, man, I couldn't so, pay my mom to take my side when I was in school. I couldn't mm-mm. pay her. She always was on the on the side of well, what did you do? Exactly. And I wish more parents were like that. I did have a few each year that I just knew would have my back because you you kind of have to earn that trust. And I think a lot of it comes from people that were mistreated by their teachers um, that they are just assuming that the teacher is mistreating their child. And, you know, I try to build trust with, with my students and their parents so they know if I'm calling them about something or if I'm checking their kid about something, they know it's coming from a place of love. And like I said, not every teacher is that way. So I get why parents have their guard up sometimes. But, yeah, it it, it can be a bit much, that teaching thing. I love teachers, and they're not treated the way that they should be. And hopefully this whole corona thing is shedding some light on the value that our Honestly, teachers hold. I hope that I hope it does because parents are I'm seeing parents just free flipping out like I don't know what to do with my child all day and stuff. I'm like, how about making them do their homework? Because I've seen some yeah. parents, some teachers go on social media complaining about the parents not enforcing their children to do the homework and stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. It's a mess. I mean I I don't know what if the teachers are are there in Florida doing it, but we have the elementary school teachers doing parades down the streets just to wave at their kids. And, you know, they're calling parents every day. I've got a friend who teaches elementary school and she she spends all day on the phone talking to her students, making sure they have what they need. And I mean, it's a 
it can be a very thankless yeah. job. But look, but um, getting to your current profession now, your real calling of mm-hmm. life coaching. What would you tell somebody that wanted to get into life coaching? Oh, that's a good question. I think if you feel that you are needing that guidance or that support or that partnership in your life, you've got to talk to people. Some people feel like, you know, it's a shameful thing. They don't want to talk about going to therapy. They don't want to talk about having a life coach. Like they feel like they should have life together on their own, but life coaches, I've got a life coach. Life coaches have life coaches. And again, Olympic athletes have coaches. Why do you think you don't need a coach? So if you are considering it, find somebody who has knows somebody who knows somebody that's been to a life coach and ask them how their experience was. I know most of my colleagues that are coaches, we offer a free consult. And so if somebody comes to me and says, hey, you know, I'm thinking about this, we get on the phone and we talk for up to about 30 minutes. And they explain to me what's happening in their life and why they feel like coaching would be a good idea. And if we're vibing, then we then it's a go. But I want you to feel comfortable with me because I'm not everybody's cup of tea. And I don't want to work with a client who I'm not vibing with as well. And so if we both feel like it's a good fit, there's a, a coaching agreement. It's not necessarily a contract, but it's like, you know, this is when we'll meet. This is how we'll meet and payment and all of that stuff. And then then we just jump into it and get and get going. And my clients, we meet weekly or every other week on the phone. It doesn't require you to even put on clothes and leave your house. It's all over the phone. And like I said, it's especially now I've got the clients that I'm working with now through this whole transition with work and things like that. They're finding peace and having somebody help them strategize this new schedule that they have. And you know, their, their husband in the background talking loud on his speakerphone and she trying to do her work in her office and just having an outside perspective walk you through is definitely helpful. So if you're thinking about doing it, just try it. I know there's lots of incentives and promotions going on for a free session or a free consult. Take advantage of that and find someone that you vibe with. I have a friend that has a coach that her company assigned to her and she has been unhappy this whole time. And that just, Oh, that, that kills me to know that she's not getting the value out of it that she really could be. So find somebody you vibe with hop on and just do the work. That's real. So why? So if your friend is not happy with the life coach, then why stay with the coach? She, it was through her, her oh, work. Okay. So it was her first year in this new position and every first year gets assigned a coach through this contracted company. So she's kind of stuck with her for the next month or so, but it's been six months of just not vibing with somebody. And to me, I, time is Listen, precious and I, I don't want to waste it on, on that. Mm. To me, if I was in her position, I would just go to my company and like, look, I need to fire this, fire this coach. I'm sorry. If, 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 yeah, it's if not working. If sports teams can fire coaches when it ain't working, why can I fire a coach? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Get me somebody else that yeah, can that... connect with me, you know? So, that's a good so point. What, what's the craziest story? What's the craziest story you have of dealing with um people on the regular as a life coach? Oh, gosh. The craziest story is on my website, there's a little. Uh, box where you can type in and say, you know, let's, I'm, re- I'm ready to, to partner up. And so I get, I get the referral and we set up a time that we're going to do our consults. 
and the guy calls at the at the perfect time and starts explaining to me how he is a webcam uh, artist and he has been unable to perform and come to climax and he needs a coach that's going to help him figure out so you it, coach the, uh, I'm just sitting here so like you coach the porn star not <laughs> this man is sitting here and he's going through all of this and he's you know he's using pretty vulgar language and I'm sitting here like am I getting pumped right now like is this really happening but I'm keeping my little professional voice on because I really don't know where this is going and I mean we the phone call ends with him wanting me to tell him everything that he just told me and I thought okay you know I'm gonna send my email to you and you know whatever and I look up his number and he's been reported by 50 different life coaches for doing the what? same thing for the past 10 years. Wow. Yes. <laughs> I said, I guess I've arrived if I'm starting to get crazy. People come out the woodwork. <laughs> That's but, crazy. Did they file yeah. any charges against this man? I No, I don't think anyone's filed charges, but he's on this watch list for he just finds life coaches and calls them and does his whole little routine i guess he gets off on it i don't know that's that's the craziest thing that i can okay. think of but no he did not become okay, a client that, that, that's a sicko <laughs> story right there that's that ain't no client that's oh okay sicko. sorry sorry I'm, I'm, I'm just gonna call it what it is so what was from the sicko to now your success what was one story you could say was your greatest success story so far in doing a life coaching where you saw how your impact turned this person's life around Oh, the first person that my clients are rock stars. They are bad asses. They do the work and they dig in. And so you asked me that question. The first person that popped up was I have a she's a college student and we started working this time last year and she was miserable at the advertising job that she's at. And but it's a and she, she just wanted to leave. No, she didn't want to leave. She wanted to figure out how to find peace until she could leave. And in my mind, I'm thinking she just needs to leave. Like, why are you there? Miserable. But, you know, as a life coach, I don't tell you what to do. You you tell me what you need and we we get you where you're you're wanting to go. And she just didn't feel like she could leave because she didn't have her college degree yet and that she, people wouldn't hire her and take her seriously without that degree. I didn't agree with her. But this is, this is, she's, she's driving. Okay. I'm just the navigator. So we go through, we meet every, every other week on her lunch break. And she, we kind of talk through her mindset about things. And I think within five months, she was, she applied to this, I mean, the number one magazine in Dallas and got the job and she hasn't even graduated college yet. So she went from thinking, I have to figure out a way to be okay being miserable at a job to I'm working this I mean kick-ass position at the best magazine in Dallas and don't even have my degree yet wow that that is a real shift of perspective right there and I wish more people understand yeah. that you don't have to be miserable at a job if that company ain't doing right yes. by you, bounce you know what I'm saying because guess what bounce. happens if you ain't doing right by them they gonna give they, they gonna show you that door real quick Hey, I say that all the time. This is a business. Everyone does exactly what's best for them. So if they mad at you, they're on some other shit and you got to leave anyway. So mm -hmm. 
Yeah, well, you better. You better. It's better if you leave on your terms before you leave on their terms because if you yeah, leave on your you. terms, <laughs> you kind of have it already mapped out and planned out and stuff. You already have the job yeah. lined up you want to go to. So, so I. Yes, and then you flex that muscle. Like I know my worth, and I demand my worth. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, nobody's gonna tell me what That's I'm worth. That's real, ladies and gentlemen. If you don't know by now, you are listening to Look at Talk. This is the exclusive round where your boss man V Jones goes one on one with a fellow podcaster. Today, I got a life coach with me, ladies and gentlemen. So, getting back to you, what hurdles did you personally face, and how did you overcome them in order to be a successful life coach? Well, having to to take that leap, you know, uh, Steve Harvey has that book, Jump. Ooh, yeah, I read that leaving, book. Yeah, yeah, leaving education and the security that comes with being a teacher, especially a tenured teacher, um, that was, that was kind of scary to do, especially with a, a young child. My daughter's just, she's three now, but when I was thinking about making this move, she was 18 months. And I was like, who do I think I am trying to leave this safety, security? My whole family is made up of service people. We've got doctors and uh, nurses and firemen and teachers. We are just service-minded people. And nobody has started a business. And everybody has, you know, health insurance and a nice stable job and a check that comes every month. And that was, that was a, a mindset shift. And, you know, I had to talk to my guy like, okay, this is, I'm, he saw me every day going to work miserable. And I said, you know, this is my passion. This is what I love. And he said, you know, you got to do it then. And I mean, let's be honest. If he came to me saying I'm quitting this very stable job to go do something that I've never really done before, but I'm happy about, I might be like, brother, I, I don't know about that. Why don't you try that on the side first and see how it works? But uh, he's a better person than I am, maybe. I don't know. But he supported me, and he still supports me every single day. And that I think the biggest hurdle was me just jumping. I didn't have, like, a year's worth of salary saved up to build this business. I, I have faith in God. I have prayer. And I have supportive people that have, I mean, that have applauded me. Nobody has once told me that I was crazy for doing this. And... I pray for that. I pray for support and guidance and yeah, I just jumped and did it. And it was a scary jump, but like I talked with my clients, it wasn't scary. Like someone has a gun to my head. Scary. It was scary. Like when you're on that roller coaster and it's about to do that vertical drop, that was the type of scary it was. So I knew I had to do it. I wouldn't do the gun to the head scary, but I'll do the roller coaster. Scary. Hey, that's real. That's definitely real. I feel I totally feel you on that roller coaster ride and to take the jumps and stuff. So, and I feel like that's something you may be telling your whoever you coaching, like say they're an entrepreneur. I feel like maybe you tell them that. I do. I definitely do because I mean, now that I've done it, I see the other side of it, and I'm like, I can't. If I was sitting where I was this time last year, I would be like nauseous and my stomach miserable and this is our one life to live and if I would have fallen flat on my ass doing this I, I've got a master's degree I can pick myself up and go find a job somewhere else and dust myself off and be fine but I learned so much along the way there, what, what is there to be what is there to be scared of like I don't think anyone has ever died from stepping out on faith and trying something especially that you feel you have a calling that's real that's definitely real 
Ladies and gentlemen, this is Liquor Talk. If you don't know, now you know. Listen, so you said you went Dallas, correct? Um, yes, north hey, of Dallas. So what's the best restaurant to try when we hit that Dallas area? Oh, my gosh. You know what? I see all your food stuff on there. I said, I, he better not ask me nothing about food because I know you are a Yes, foodie, I know you saw my personal Instagram page. Yes, I be trying stuff. Yes. Yes. Ooh. I, I be trying. Yeah. Listen. But, um. I have I have phases and be, I'm an army brat and so I've lived in different places so I like different I'm pretty adventurous when it comes to food and there is this place in Allen Texas which is north of Dallas that it's this little hole in the wall Korean restaurant and oh my gosh there's this dish I don't do you know anything about um, Korean I, food I've had Korean bar the last time I had Korean food I was in LA and when we went to LA, they had the Korean food, but you had to cook it yourself. And oh no, mm, no. <laughs> she like hell no. <laughs> no, I I come for somebody else to do this, but yes. Yeah, so she, I mean, it's just a little Ajima, a little Korean grandma that works in the kitchen, and she came out and brought me this big old bowl of goodness, and it's got the the kind of the barbecue beef and the spicy cabbage and the vegetables and the rice and oh. Yeah, I'll, I'll send you. I'll send you their their a link to their site in case you ever in town. You gotta go yes. get the Korean food. Maybe like once this whole coronavirus um, clears up. Yes. You know what do you think of the people that are definitely just going crazy over this? Now it's like now you have the people in relationships. Like now you get some women that say they wish they man they had sports on because they man won't be bugging them. What do you say to those women? <laughs> Okay, so my guy is a football coach. So the lack of sports in the house is very noted. We are watching reruns of SEC games over here. But I, it, you know what? I've seen, I don't know if you've seen the meme about people looking around and they like, this is my normal life. Like nothing has changed for me. I feel like that's what we're experiencing over here. Cause I mean, there's nothing better than me and him sitting up on the couch and our little girl running around doing whatever we are not, we do not have to be out and about and doing things. So, I mean, we're loving it. We're getting outside more. I'm loving seeing couples walking and jogging and walking the dog and kids playing hopscotch. I feel like we've gone back three decades. Yeah, we, yeah, we really have. And Yeah, and I'm loving it. I'm loving it. And the people that are freaking out and hoarding shit, I just don't I don't get it. I'm like, what do you what? at first I was like, does the corona cause diarrhea? Why are people buying up all Come the on, talk paper? to me now. Come on, talk to me. I saw one of my friends, he had tweeted, bruh, I, I ain't got no nobody buying up all the toilet paper. I'm like, damn, bruh. And it's like, and I'm looking at these people like, why are y'all buying up all the toilet paper? And why do people wait till the Rona now to buy up all the cleaning supplies? <laughs> what is happening? Like, yes, I'm thinking like, so folks wasn't wiping their ass. They were not cleaning their house. They definitely weren't washing their hands. Like, what was everybody doing? That's why I'm really trying to figure out. I'm like, what the hell were y'all doing? But now I go up, go up in the stores. <laughs> the whole cleaning section just wiped out. Toilet paper gone. Paper gone. towels gone. It's crazy. Gone. Yeah, this is this and is I'm crazy. Gonna... But yeah. I, it, yeah. Mm. You got it. Go ahead. I do. So my. I've got my, my oldest brother is a doctor. And so any medical situation I have, I, I got to call him and ask him about it. And it's funny because Christmas, New Year's time, I was really sick and I had a cough 
like that British lady on TV that's talking about recovering and this, her cough sounded exactly like my cough sounded back then. So in my mind, I already had the Rona. So I called my brother and I said, can you get re rona <laughs> And he's like, that is not a thing. <laughs> but he said, probably back then I had some version of it, like Corona 17, not the Corona 19. Um but my my other brother's a fireman and you know the amount of people calling them every day calling 911 for them to say that they're short of breath but yeah it's just people are losing people their are minds. really losing their minds and what is what do you think is up with the media only showing the celebrities and stuff that that come out with the coronavirus but then they see it, but you see them weeks later they find i'm like that's just crazy it's yeah, and to me, it's like a slap in the face because if you are feeling badly and you go into somewhere saying they're not going to test you, but all these rich folks, these celebrities are getting tested and, I mean, because they have access to it. And to me, that just shows the state of of America is that, I mean, if you're if you're rich, you don't get sick <laughs> because you've got the health care Basically, it's just if you're rich, money talks, BS walks, and we can go ahead and cure you if you're rich. You're right. It's sad. It's sad, and yeah. it's sad to how America is so is capitalistic. Sad. Because I I saw somewhere that said China was trying to um release the um release the um cure for the coronavirus, but an American company was suing them not to because they want to get a profit off of it. <laughs> I'm like, don't y'all got enough money? It's- y'all asses ain't gonna die with that money. And what is really sticking with me is these companies, I mean, just looking at the NBA, I know we've got Mark Cuban here who is, I mean, he's awesome. He's a stand-up guy. But no athlete should be paying for the hourly workers when the owner is a billionaire. Come on, talk to me now. I don't I don't understand the greed and the amount of, I mean, I just heard my old faithful Hobby Lobby, I just heard that they are refusing to help their employees out during this time. And I'm like, I got to stop going to Hobby Lobby. Listen, I'm making a list right now of all li- the places that are telling me how they really are and I can stop frequenting exactly, those establishments. Truly, I said the same thing about Kroger, um, a store in Atlanta. Anytime I go to, I said, if I go to Atlanta, I'm not fucking with Kroger because they they had the nerve to what say, happened? we'll what? give you gift cards. I'm like, really? Gift cards? Oh, don't tell me that. That's oh, where damn, I shot. Sorry about that. Hey, I shop at Whole Foods. Don't feel bad. I've been yeah. shopping at Whole hey. Foods, and Whole Foods don't be trying to give out no discounts. And mm. I just think it's despicable at this time. But have you seen a uh, Cheesecake Factory said Oh yeah, I saw that. I said, <laughs> I said that sounds about right. almost about everybody in America right now. Ain't nobody paying no kind yeah. of money, nothing. It's like it's crazy. Yeah, so they can take care of their people. Because the people that they owe on rent to, they don't need that money right now. Like their workers, their hourly yeah. workers need. So I just, like you said, you're seeing the good come out of people and the yes, bad it come is. out of and people. Yes, it is. And I said, I do agree with you that um, no athlete need be coming out here and um, no athletes need to be paying out, paying out of their money. But it shows the heart of people. And also, somebody also said to me I that they it. would they would base their decisions on future jobs on how they treated their employees during the coronavirus. I said, ooh. Ooh, that, that, mm. that's good. I'll, I'll yep. fuck up some employers right there. What were you doing during the coronavirus? Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm making a list. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm making yes, a list. Yes, um, I feel you on that. I definitely feel you on making a list of everybody that's just 
messing up. So have you had any crazy plans canceled because of the coronavirus? Um, so my mother, who lives in Central Texas, was hosting a German exchange student. And she is, her program took them to Hawaii for spring break. And when she came back, we were all going to go to the Grand Canyon. And show her the Grand Canyon, and we were gonna take this big RV and go see that. And I ain't never been to the Grand Canyon. I'm American. I hate to I say, it. but <laughs> so I was really looking forward, right? I was really looking forward to to going to 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 do that. So that didn't happen. And then um, Hannah, if you're listening, she had to go back to Germany, and I mean, she we're sending her back to a place where she was she was living in Central Texas. There was maybe ten cases in Central Texas. And she had to go back to Germany because she is on a student visa and she's out of school. So she had I'm, to go back. And so she just I'm went surprised the other Germany day. even will allow her back because I've heard some countries not even allowing Americans in the country. Yes. And so she only could go back because oh, she's a German that's citizen. Right. That, make, that makes sense then. Because I had yeah. an angry co-host a couple of weeks ago and she was mad because her cruise got mm. canceled. I know you know your co-host. Yeah, you know your co-host it. was angry when you, when y'all have we really have been drinking on Look and Talk. But next thing I, I see her, she got to drink. I said, "Damn, you ain't playing." Uh uh-uh. oh, she mad for real. She, she mad, was mad. Big mad. I was like, and then I then I heard from my mother today that she was gonna renew her vows, but that got canceled because mm. she don't know what's going on up in Jacksonville because they talking about events. But I'm like. All this, I really feel like this mm. is about to be over soon. I don't know how soon, but this shouldn't last until the summer. So no, I heard August. I heard August. We looking at this at least August? August. Oh my goodness. That yes, Lord. I I mean, I love my man and I love my little girl, but I I've been working from home and it's been so quiet and peaceful. And he has to have Zoom calls with his players and with his staff and. I'm just like, Ooh. hey, listen, don't feel bad. Um, <laughs> start next week. I got to start with taking calls from home. I'm like, okay. Oh, I'm like, on one hand, I'm like, good. I don't have to drive. But on the other hand, I'm like, god damn. Uh, the temptation to be lazy is so real. It's it's so real. So listen, my episode six is co-working from home. And I give some tips because I did not do this when I first started working at home. I was like, oh, shit. I can lay around till 10 and let me catch up on my real housewives. I'm like, oh, shoot. I'm supposed oh, to be damn. working. So what tips on working from home you, <laughs> so got, you got people? Because that's good right there. Because I know a lot of people that's about to start working from home. Yes. My, like I said, my episode six is a quick one. And it talks about how just don't even turn on the TV. I know... Some people want to watch the news. You just can't turn it on because that is a rabbit hole you'll go down. Also set a time where you're going to check your social media. If if it's while you're having your coffee in the morning, if it's while you have lunch, and then if it's at like three in the afternoon, set it and maybe put it on do not disturb. Turn off your notifications until those times. And those can be times that you look forward to. And I also talked about when you're co-working with family members and, you know, if you're no, if you're used to working from home and your your spouse or your partner isn't, you guys need to get on the same page. You need to sit down and say, okay, this is what my schedule looks like. So uh, don't come in here asking for for anything special. Don't come in here, you know, asking me to see this meme that you saw. We can't sit down and binge watch Ozark. Like, you know, we got this is my schedule, and you have to stick to it. 
and planning out your schedule ahead of time. I have this planner that I absolutely love and I color code it. So anything that is only about me gets color coded red. And if it's about our daughter, it's purple. If it's about work, it's blue. So when I see my schedule mapped out, I can look and say, uh, me and my guy, our color is yellow. If there's no yellow on there, my relationship is not going to go well if I'm not making sure I'm being intentional about showing showing up for that. And so it's a really good visual to see where you're spending your time. And if you don't have enough work time, then you're not going to be pushing the needle in your business. So plan it out. Talk to the other people that you're living with about your plan and what their plan is and what your expectation is. Do you expect silence? Do you expect to listen to jazz music playing all day? Do you expect, you know, help? Just have those conversations and communicate and set yourself a schedule that you Ooh, that's real. To. That's that's so real about setting a schedule to sit to. And um hey, those those are some dope tips, you know, for working from home. Hey, thanks. <laughs> yeah, like I said, um and plus working from home you get to save money too. I mean and you're not eating out and stuff and Cause I I was in the office today listening to some people talking about that like oh I gotta cook now I'm like that well hey five guys will be all right without you going to five guys every day <laughs> they gonna be all right and so are your waistline and your cholesterol and your bank yes. account yes that's that's some underlying fact there has been some good with this damn virus though it's like traffic ain't been so bad. Uh, your bank account looking a little bit better, mm. that waistline looking better. So, yeah, there are some perks to it, but I need life to get back normal so people can quit freaking out. And what do you think about the live, the, every DJ going live and stuff on in their house? I'm like, <laughs> you must really love the music I, to be doing that. Hours upon hours upon right. days. Like, I love music, but um, my guy loves, loves music. So, at night, when we wind it down, he got, you know, the nice is on going. I had a homeboy from college who, he was a DJ, so he's going live, too. And, oh, yeah. And, just, and then my own mother recorded um, set Friday live. I'm like, come on, fam, you. I know y'all oh, is boy. not. Sure <laughs> now you got all the Rattler alums. And I'm, my, I ain't gonna lie. I, was, I took a quick glance at it while I'm at work because we working virtually. I took a quick glance. I'm like, oh man, why y'all gotta bring this back? <laughs> hey, people are finding their joy, so I can't, I can't be mad at them. I think it's, I think it's a funny phenomenon. Like a, a Tuesday night up until one in the morning, a DJ's been spinning since five in the afternoon. Like it's, it's a different. And it's, and it's, then it's, we also think about some of the artists out there who are actually get on live. And- and I said, oh, yeah, yeah, y'all, y'all real for that. Yeah, I can, I, I can really, I can really be down for that. One of our local artists, well-known, Erica Badu, was going to charge a dollar for her concert. <laughs> I said, just, everybody getting it for free. Listen, ain't nobody ain't paying. nobody paying. <laughs> just, Man, well, at least she yeah, ain't a little boosty. <laughs> oh, Lord. He got so bad, Instagram <laughs> had to tell him no more live videos. I'm like, damn. Sit down, Boosie. Sit down. Yeah, but I do. I do like kind of seeing sneak peeks. I like hearing uh, Oprah talk about how she got Stedman staying in the guest house because he just came off a flight. And I think it's neat seeing, you know, seeing behind the scenes of some of our yeah, it is, celebrities. It is. And I do appreciate some of them that decide to open up a little bit, you know, and um, uh, and um, yeah. show that other side and stuff. So. 
So what else? So what are you looking forward to with your podcast this year? I just I'm just looking forward to hearing more just different perspectives. I love hearing other people's versions of what life is like because I have my own. We all come from our own spot. But when you hear other people's experiences and their passions and their fears, and I just really feel like it helps you be a more well-rounded person and it gives you more to offer the world when you you kind of know what people are needing and wanting and loving. So I'm just I'm just happy to just Hey, Talk that's so people. real. It's like, honestly, for me, I can honestly say for me, I'm, I'm I'm networking with a whole bunch of people in different states because of podcasting. So I, I, I'm, I'm yeah. definitely with you there, you know. So what can people gain from um, listening to your podcast? I think it's it's pretty entertaining. Um, the, the episode about working from home, my daughter actually comes busting into my office and I'm fussing at her and fussing at my guy. And I mean, I didn't edit any of that Ooh. out. So I think you're, you're going to be, yeah, yeah, you got to listen. It's, it's kind of funny and it's short. It's a short episode. Um, uh, but I think they're going to be entertained. I hopefully, hopefully people will be educated and just enlightened. I've had, I've got a listener in Saudi Arabia who reached out and said, you know, she's a mom and she can relate. And I was like, I just never thought somebody in Saudi Arabia could relate to this Texan girl that, you know, has a boyfriend and a kid. And like, I just, you just don't know who you're impacting. And so I think you're just going to hear a lot. You you can expect to hear some, a little bit of uh, cussing. You can hear some Hennessy bottles popping in the background when the fellas get together, but hopefully you just, you can expect to just get a realness that hey, is that's refreshing. Real, you know, I, I can't lie about a couple of Hennessy balls myself. I, I can't even lie. So I'm, I'm with them guys too. <laughs> hey, hey, I bought, bought a couple little things. They were they were two for twenty. I had to get had to cop them. Not yeah, you had, had to, to. You, you had know what I'm saying? So you got any guests that the people can look forward to coming on? Next week is just me, and then the week after that is um, my boyfriend and two of his best friends talking about their their brotherhood and them growing up together and how they've maintained a friendship for so long and just just being black men in America and black fathers in America and I think that one's going to be a good one and that's it's like an hour and a half long episode and that'll be on the 9th of April so that's one I'm really excited about one I just dropped yesterday was with my hairstylist who is a curl expert so anyone listening that's a natural girl you got to go listen to that episode um, with Patricia she talks about hair and she talks about making big moves and how she moved from Kansas City to Texas and why she needed to do that for her business. So, yeah. Wait, I got some good stuff. I got some badasses that I know in my life, so I'm going to I'm going to get everybody on and Hey, that's chop real. It up. And, and if you ever want me to want a Florida boy to come on, you know what I'm saying? I let me know. You let oh, me yes. know. Yes. Oh no, you we're going to reciprocate this yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, you, you definitely do because you know what I'm saying? I definitely I definitely like to reciprocate, you know what I'm saying? Cuz hey, you do it for me, I do for you. That's what I believe in, you know what I'm saying? I, I do, too. I'm right there with you. So I'm I'm just so honored that you you reached out and that I got to sit, sit here and yeah. chat with you. It was an honor to have you on. So now, quick, real quick, what can guys get from listening to your podcast? <laughs> well, like, like I said, I plan on having lots of males on. So hopefully they can... They can get another perspective. They can hear themselves in some of my male guests. 
and also get a female perspective and know the, how to relate to the women in, in their lives. And also I'm a life coach. I do have one male client. So if many coaches too, so hopefully they can get something and hear, get some tips on how to move the needle in their life or reach out and partner up and we can have a <laughs> coaching right. partnership. Now you said your husband's favorite alcohol is Hennessy. What's your favorite alcohol? Oh, 1942. It tastes like a rainbow. Was that wine? Have you ever had the Don Julio oh, tequila? Don 1942. Julio. Yes. Okay. Oh, it is that tall bottle. I sold, I closed on my house, my very first house I bought as a single woman. And when we moved up to the Dallas area, we sold my house and moved up here. And I had that bottle waiting for closing day. And I popped that thing open and just no ice, no mix or nothing, just just straight ooh, yeah. shots. It, yeah, straight, just sip. Like tequila is supposed to be enjoyed room temperature and a and a glass. Like it's that's how it, you're supposed to drink it. And so I said, you know what? I'm not gonna water down the 1942. That bottle is is pricey, especially for me. And uh, yeah, that's Damn. my favorite. Damn, I'm, I'm right. mad. I, I've been drinking tequila wrong the whole time because I've been mixing it up. And I've had, I've had episodes Ugh. where my co-hosts, my former co-hosts, they'd be like, "Damn, V, you put your foot in this," and it was a frozen, my frozen, um, frozen <laughs> margaritas. They were like, "You put your foot in this." I'm like, mm-hmm. "Damn, really?" Oh yeah. I, now, don't get me wrong. I do love a good margarita. We are the home of Tex-Mex over here. You got to have a good. I like mine on the rocks, but. Yeah, when I'm just at the house vibing and chilling, it's it's just yeah. straight, pure, unmessed with tequila. <laughs> I haven't had, I haven't had <laughs> tequila in so long, but you see, sitting here, here, you describing, I'm like, damn, maybe I need to go ahead and get me another bottle of tequila. I might need to real. Yeah, yeah, go go with Don Julio. Go if you if you're not ready to spring for the 1942, just go with the straight Don Julio, and you won't be. Okay, I'll take your word for it. Ultimately, I'm gonna get you out of here on this. Watch the people download download your podcast. Why should they? I think that my podcast adds value to your life. I think it will, like I said, it's gonna give you a little bit of entertainment, some break in your day. It's gonna give you some little nuggets that you can apply to everyday life. Nothing is unattainable that I'm speaking about, and I think it's really relatable. So y'all gotta go and- download it. And just, okay, and just level right. up. Where can people download your podcast? Oh boy, I am on Anchor.fm, um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Pocket Cast. Just about anywhere that you listen to your podcast, you'll be able to find Shift Talker Podcast. Shift Talker Podcast. Hey, I say, and I, we I talk thank shift. you for your time for coming. <laughs> blessing to look at talk with your time you know what i'm saying and when you're ready for me to reciprocate hey. come make a guest appearance in yours you just you just let me know you already know i got you hey listen i'm gonna book you out hopefully i'm gonna see what your week looks like next hey, week and hey, we'll get let's you on. do it hey no, you just gotta talk to me let's do this thing <laughs> all right <laughs> Ladies and all gentlemen, right this has been the look at talk exclusive round i am your man v jones follow us look at talk at look at talk podcast on instagram Follow us on and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts at. And until the next episode of Liquor Talk, pull that thing.